up here tonight. So let's just give her a round of applause, even though she's not here. Awesome. So who's excited for our goal anointing service next week? I definitely am. Has anyone already set some goals for the year? And keep your hand up if you've already ditched some of them. Literally me already, like half my list, but that's okay. <laughs> Seriously though, like the goal anointing service is so amazing. I'm so excited for it. But so a few years ago, like I was just in my quiet time, I was just chilling with God, you know, as you do. And I got this picture of me worship leading at our powerhouse conference, right? And it was like amazing. I gave it to God and I did everything that I could myself to like make that happen. So I got singing lessons. I was praying into it all the time, but it came to the point where I just had to give it to God and just trust that he was going to bring it to pass. And although it didn't happen the year I thought it would, I kept believing for it to happen because I knew that, you know, God would fulfill his promise. And it ended up happening just a year later. And so there's a scripture in Proverbs 16 verse 3, and it says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. So when I think of the story about how like I saw something, I prayed into it, I gave it to God and I just trusted in him. And when I think about that scripture, I think of like four ways that like make up at least my goal setting process. And I thought that I'd share them with you all today. So the first one is having a clear plan. So when we have a clear plan, we know what we're aiming for and where we're wanting to go. So we need to know exactly what we want and to be specific with what we're asking God for. So my, my clear plan was worship leading at Powerhouse Conference. That's what I saw like in my quiet time. And so that's what I was going for. So at the time when I got this picture, I was like, I just joined the worship team. So I was like the baby of the team. I was the youngest and the newest member. And I was like, God, that is absolutely crazy. Like there's no way. But like I wanted it so bad. So I just prayed into it and I gave it to God. And yeah, so um, God was encouraging me in that moment to dream big and to not be small minded. And he was reminding me, and hopefully tonight will be reminding you that there is nothing too big for him. So yeah, um, like this is the God who created like heaven and earth and everything inside it. Like there is nothing too big for him to do. The second thing is to get a promise from God. So by getting a promise from God, we have something to then pray into and to believe for, whether it be like a scripture or we ask God to show us something. This like also allows God to work with us to achieve our goal. So for me, my promise was the vision that I saw of myself worship leading. And that was what I prayed into like every day. And that is what I believed for. The third thing is then giving that to God and trusting that he will establish our plans. So giving it over to God is by far the most important thing that we can do. Surrendering our goal to God is showing him that we recognize that we can't do it in our own strength and that we're fully relying on him to do it for us. So something that I love about Proverbs 16 verse 3 is how it points out to us that we have to first do our part for God to do his part. We have to first commit our plans to him for him to then establish them. So notice how the scripture doesn't say have a goal and he will establish it. It says commit your plans to the Lord and he will establish them. Surrendering is the key. So when we hold on to it and we don't give it to him, we're trying to do it in our own strength. And majority of the time it won't end up happening because who knows that we need God. 100% of the time. Am I right? (laughs) So when we're surrendering to God, that doesn't mean that we're like giving up on the dream. It doesn't mean that we have to stop believing for it. It just means that we're like trusting God and we're relying on Him. So when you think about it, if you haven't given it to God yet, we're still holding on to it, obviously, because if you haven't given it away, you've still got it. And God can't work with something that we're still holding on to. And this is why it's so important for us to give it over to God so that He can do with it what He has to do. So it's a two-way game. He needs us to do our part in surrendering to him for him to do his part in establishing our plans. 
And the last thing is trusting in his timing. So our goal may not come to pass exactly when we want it to, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen, right? So Isaiah 55 verse 8 to 9 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So God thinks in ways that we don't think, and he sees things that we can't see. And this is why we have to trust in his perfect timing. Whether we understand or not what God is doing, it is so important for us to have faith in Him and to trust that He will do as He said. So my goal of worship leading at conference didn't happen like when I wanted it to or when I thought it would happen. But I kept pressing in because I knew that God was faithful and I knew that He would bring it to pass. And it ended up happening just a year later. So when we lose faith, we try to take control. And although it's important for us to do our part in making it happen, we have to trust that God's got to do His part in making it happen as well. So another time, I made it my goal at school to get an academic honours award for the fourth year in a row, right? So I found myself like praying into it all the time. Like when I was going into exam, I would just like quickly go to the bathroom and pray while I was sitting in my exam. Like I was praying the whole time because I have the worst memory. So like I'd sit in my exam and I'd pray like God help me to remember like what I've learned over the past term. And when it came to the end of the year where we had, where we like found out who got the award, I ended up receiving that award along with seven other people in my grade. See, like that goal didn't really involve God at all. Like I just wanted to get good grades, right? But I like made an effort to include God in my goal. And so, yeah, like our goal doesn't necessarily have to involve God, but it's so important for us to still include him in it. So yeah, those are the few things that I've done when it comes to writing down my goals. I have a clear plan. I get a promise. I give it to God and I trust in his timing. So next Sunday is our goal anointing service. So this week, I encourage you guys to go home and as you like write your goals, to just like apply those four steps and just see what happens, like see what comes out of it. But before I finish, I would just like to pray. So if we could all just close our eyes. Dear God, I thank you for everyone here tonight. I pray that as we commit our goals to you and we get promises from you that you would encourage us along the way and help us to trust in your perfect timing. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, everybody. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much, Summer. How good was that? That was awesome. I love that. Commit your plans to the Lord and include Him. Things are so much better when we include God, right? And I just love, Summer, how you've shared and like you've seen things come to pass. I'm so inspired. That's awesome. Right. Well, are you ready for our next speaker? So our next speaker, he actually turned 21 last week, which is cool. That's exciting. Um, but he is so creative. You know, he's been involved in um, doing some of our videos. You saw our Leaders Big Day Out promo before. Um, and also, he just leads so well and has led in um, our production team. But he's full of fun, an amazing man of God. And I would just love to invite up Toby. So if we can all just stand and welcome Toby Couchman. He's going to... Hello, how are we? Thank you so much, Katie. First of all, you guys can grab your seats. Thanks so much. First of all, just want to thank Pastor John and Dan for this awesome opportunity to come up here and share a bit of my, um, my goal um, situation. Um, so basically, I uh, just want to, before I start, I just want to honor Pastor Josh and Shekinah. I know Shekinah's not here at the moment, but you can spread it to her. Uh, just you guys have complete, just take it all, take it all. You guys are a complete heart of gold. Uh, it's an honor to serve underneath you. You guys practice what you preach. And my life, and I know so many others, have been impacted purely because of your sacrifice and your love. We adore you, and you're awesome. All good. Lovely. 
So speaking of Josh and Shkana, for some of you that don't know, I actually used to live with them. Um, so just as I turned 18, I actually moved in with them, um, and it was awesome. And then early last year when I found out that Shkana was having a baby, I set a goal for myself to obviously move out. <laughs> you know, Uncle Toby upstairs. I know I had my own space, but amen. Thanks, Josh. Um, you know, so over the next seven months, it was definitely a journey, and um, just nothing was popping up. I'm like, flip. And so, you know, it was about a couple of weeks out of Shikana having the baby, and I was like, all right, I have two options. It's either I'm going to live with them forever, and they're going to become my parents, or I'm going to have to move back to Brisbane. And all of a sudden, a po- an opportunity popped up to move in with a mate in a place, and at that time, I made an ultimatum with God, which knows this is very silly, because he always wins. And I said, God, if, if you give us a place straight away, like two, three weeks if you can, I'll stay. Silly. And literally, we looked at one, we looked at a couple of places, but we only applied for one unit. And that's the only one we applied for. And within six hours of handing in an application, we got approved and we moved in two weeks later. <laughs> crazy. Absolutely crazy. And all of a sudden, like, we're in a new place. We're all happy. Not saying I wasn't happy at Josh's. It was awesome. But, you know, it was awesome. And then all of a sudden, I started getting this knock on my heart about moving down to Melbourne to um, help plant C3 Powerhouse Melbourne East. And to be honest, I had the thoughts for about 12 months, but I always shut them down. And now it was awesome because I had an excuse not to go. I was like, nah, sorry, Lord. I just signed a new lease. I can't leave. Again, he wins. So over the next two months, God spoke to me ever so clearly, did a crazy work in me, and eventually I said yes to moving down to Melbourne. Yes, awesome. And so it was really confused because I worked so hard with God on on this goal, and then all of a sudden, two months later, he's completely flipped it and just, and just done something completely different. I was really reminded of this scripture in Psalm 20, verse 4, and it says, May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. And especially that first part about the, you know, he will give you the desires of your heart. And, and he knew that Melbourne was a desire of my heart. Um, ever since then, you know, I've got a, such a burden for that city. And I know that he, he saw the desire, so I knew that he was going to make the plan succeed. And so, you know, coming into the new year, I had a new goal of breaking a lease, which we all know isn't fun. And I'm just quickly going to share three steps that helped me write those goals and achieve to get them. So the first one is surrender it to God. So for me, this is purely just giving it to God and saying, Lord, I know that I can't do it on my own. I need your help. And so this isn't just for my lease. Of course, this was for all my goals, for my spiritual goals, for my work goals, and even the fitness goals. Probs won't work out, but that's A-OK. So the first one is give it to God. The second one is work with God. Although it is awesome to trust him, to um, you know, have complete faith that he is going to do it, but there are things in the natural as people that we need to do. You know, there is, there is the, the spiritual realm of seeking him, praying to him and believing, but there are also things that we need to do in the natural. Like, for instance, for my lease, although I completely had faith that God had complete control, I couldn't have just left it and just moved out and just had the house there. So, you know, of course, I had to see the real estate agent. I had to talk to them. I had to put up ads. I had to talk with them and negotiate with them. And obviously, we need to work with God, not just trust him completely with it. And the third point is ignore the enemy. So for me, I had a lot of thoughts coming up to this, this time, and it was like completely like, you know, you've just quit your job, you're moving to Melbourne, you're going to get stuck with the lease, you're going to go broke, good luck. And I was like, no, 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 you know, you have to stop and you have to declare the promise. You're like, no, nope. it's because he knew the desire of my heart, so here the plans will succeed. So you've got to stop, speak it, and exactly. Long story short, 
on literally around New Year's, we told the real estate agent, it was awesome, and they literally came back and like, that's fine, all sweet. And literally, supernaturally by God's grace, within five days, I didn't even find anyone, but they did. That took over the lease. And for me, I was like, awesome, I want to move out before summer camp. And funnily enough, we move out this week, summer camps this week, which is like, you see, it's purely, I look back and I know none of it could have been possible by myself. I know that I need to work with God, give it to God and ignore those thoughts that I had. And just before I finish up, um, just another scripture I used to declare over my goals is Romans 8, 28, sorry, 8 verse 28. And it says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And you notice at the beginning it says, according, sorry, how it says, all things work together for good of those who love God. It doesn't say some things. It doesn't say select things. It doesn't say a few things. It says all things work together for, the, uh, for those who love God. And like, he's a good God. He wants nothing but the best for us. So I really challenge, challenge you coming into this new year, writing these goals. I challenge you to do those three steps of, I already forgot. That was, no, I didn't. Of surrendering it to God working with God and ignoring the enemy. Awesome. Thank you so much. Now, just before I close, I'm just going to quickly pray, if that's okay. Yes, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that this time of the year, Father, of setting these goals, Jesus, Father, I pray that you help us, Lord, give it to you, work with you, and ignore those enemies that may stop us from achieving these goals. In your mighty name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Toby. How good was that? That's awesome. God works all things together for good, and I love that. He knows every season of our lives, right, what we need and um, what he needs to do. It's awesome. But Toby, I know you're going to be awesome. Toby's actually going down to um, our C3 Powerhouse Melbourne East location. He's going to be part of the production team there and helping them set things up, which is going to be super exciting, and God's going to use you amazingly there. But awesome. So our final speaker for the night. So our final speaker for the night is a youth leader. He is an incredible man of God. I know he's a man of prayer, that he's super faithful in all that he does. He's got the most amazing servant heart, and that is Sam Burns. So why don't everyone stand up and welcome him to stage right now. Awesome. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, guys. You may be seated. How are you guys doing? You well? Awesome. I just want to spend this moment to also, also honor our amazing um, campus pastors, Pastor Josh and Shekinah. We love you. You have an amazing spirit of excellence, a spirit of authority, and, uh, and a spirit of love, and we just love being in this campus underneath your leadership. So would you honor uh, Josh and Shekinah, which is amazing. So, in grade 10... Um, yeah, I know, that could go anywhere, hey. So in grade 10, uh, me and my family did this thing. I don't know if you guys have heard it. We used to watch a show called The Mentalist. Has anybody heard it? Yeah? So for those of you guys who haven't heard of The Mentalist, it's about this gentleman who had this insane ability to observe people and watch their body language, watch how they like uh, behave. And essentially, he would go around with the CIA and solve their cases just by looking at people and how they interact with other people, right? And it was from these moments and watching this guy operate and how he kind of um, saw people, how he saw how they behaved, that it sparked inside of me, for me, the exploration, for me, uh, looking into psychology 
and started the seed of my goal, my personal goal, to become a clinical psychologist. So back in grade 10, though, I had no idea what a clinical psychologist was. So I just started practically. I was like, initially I started reading a book about body language, and then that led to a book about uh, psychology. And then from there, I just started exploring, taking practical steps. What kind of university degrees did I need to go to? What kind of grades did I need to get to get into that? And what I found is that as I kept doing that, the goal of clinical psychology is just a small uh, summation of those practical steps that we need to do, right? And so as I kept going to that, I needed to find different things. So I got into my bachelor degree. I needed to get into the next one. I spent three months trying to find work uh, to get into that. And what I've found is that even though we're hustling in the practical, sometimes uh, it gets shaken because it's hard, right? Even though we're hustling, there's stuff that keeps uh, challenging us. And what I've found is that for me, clinical psychology courses was actually really hard to get into. And there was people in my ear, much like what Summer spoke about, that will just keep trying to drag you down. And the amount of times that I heard that I was too young to be a clinical psychologist from teachers, from students from lecturers. My supervisor multiple times told me not even to apply for the course because I had no experience. I was too young. I was going to a clinical psychology a clinic to volunteer and the receptionist told me I would not see you because you're way too young. What would you know? And I was trying to get experience in the zone. But it's from these places, right? I know. It's from these places which I found something that personally helps us achieve our goals is that moment of prayer. When we're coming back in, as Summer said, we're bringing God in to the goals that we're trying to get. And so I um, want to encourage you to do two things. So number one, you pray over your situation. So for me, that's praying scriptures like Zechariah 4 verse 6. Lord, it's not in my strength, not in my power, but by your spirit. And he used to speak over it, Lord, I pray for favor with all the supervisors, markers, the lecturers, the people on the panel, Lord, that any obstacle that was in front of me achieving my goal would be moved. But then as well, on the other side, while you're praying for your situation, you also got to pray over yourself, because it's one thing to be, uh, for the situation to be ready, but it's another thing to be ready for the situation. And so once you're in the prayer zone, you're praying over your situation, but you're also praying over yourself. And so I want to bring up a scripture that I've been praying over myself for the last four or five years. Isaiah 11 verse 2, it says, and I pray this over myself, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon me, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, and the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And something which was fascinating to me is that last year I had an assessment piece that I had to get up in front of the whole class and essentially do a role play um, as a psychologist. So I was sitting there, I got a mate, he was the client, sat down, and we had a psychology session. All the students were there, the marker was there. Talk about intimidating, right? For 20 minutes, we had back and forth. But the interesting thing is that once I finished, I got up, went back to my seat, and the feedback that I got, the words that they used, was so similar to the things that I've been praying over myself for the last four to five years. It was uncanny, uncanny. And so I'm so glad that I kept pursuing that goal, that I kept praying over myself and my situation, because at the start of this year, actually, I'm doing my final step to become a clinical psychologist. And um, by the time I'm 26, I'll have four degrees in psychology. 
and I'll be a clinical psychologist and one of the youngest in Australia as well. So, God's pretty good, right? And I want to encourage you that the goals that I set 10 years ago, five years ago, two years ago, is what I'm in right now. The fruits or the goals of yesterday is the moments that we're living in today and will produce the fruit of the future. So I want to encourage you, what are your goals for 2020? What are your goals for the next decade? Because what you set now, you'll be living in in the future. So whether it's start a, start a job, start a university, start internships, start a team, whatever it is, you are setting up your future now. Thank you, guys. I love you. Much love. Thank you, Keegan.